You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Podcast. So if you're a big slut, and I use slut always in the sex-positive sense of the term, or an adulterer, which can be positive or negative, depending on how you feel about infidelity. You don't have to blame yourself anymore. Apparently, you have a genetic issue. Uh, reading from LiveScience.com, a particular version of a dopamine receptor gene called DRD4, which actually sounds like a robot, is linked to people's tendency toward both infidelity and uncommitted one-night stands, researchers reported on November 30th in the online open access journal PLOS One. Blah, blah, blah. The same gene has been linked to risk-taking, gambling, and alcoholism, and a love for potentially destructive thrills, and undestructive thrills, a thing for horror movies is... Particular gene's been linked to all sorts of, as they say, risk-taking behaviors. Anyway, it turns out the people who have this gene were twice as likely to have a history of one-night stands and a little more than twice as likely to have committed adultery. The adultery stat is really, I thought, interesting. 50% of the people in the study with DRD4 told researchers that they had committed adultery compared with 22% of those who didn't have the gene. So people with the gene were about a little more than twice as likely to have cheated on their partners. But it occurred to me reading the study that, you know, if the gene is tied to risk-taking behaviors, and adultery all by itself is a risk-taking behavior perhaps, but isn't admitting that you've committed adultery kind of a risk-taking behavior too? Because it could get back to the person that you committed adultery on. Can the researcher be trusted? Will you be judged? It's kind of like a ballsy thing to look somebody in the eye or – Look somebody in the forms and say, yeah, yeah, I totally fucked around on the spouse. So I, you know, being the cynic I am, I think that 22% figure of the people who don't have the gene, they may be underreporting because there's two risk-taking hurdles to clear there. The risk-taking hurdle of committing adultery and then the risk-taking hurdle of actually having to, to admit that you committed adultery. So anyway, blah, blah. This jumped out at me when I read the study or read the reports about the study. Uh, the lead researcher is quoted as saying, the study doesn't let transgressors off the hook. These relationships are associative, which means that not everyone with this genotype will have one-night stands or commit infidelity. Okay, I get it, that if you're committing adultery, it's kind of transgressive. You are a transgressor. But if you're having one-night stands with other single people, you're not really transgressing against anyone or anything. There's nothing illegal or immoral or not very nice. But having a one-night stand and lots of really beautiful relationships have their starts in one-night stands. So I wanted to slap the lead researcher around just a bit for lumping God-fearing, all-American, red, white, and blue sluts in with nasty piece-of-shit cheaters. Also... Uh, you knew I would be able to eventually tie this to gay people, right, to gay rights in particular. There's been a lot of talk on the religious right where they've kind of embraced evolution and science in this one area, this one arena. If they can find a gay gene, they will back science if it comes to uh, somehow – genetically engineering the gay out of people. They're all for that. A couple of prominent folks in the religious right have endorsed gene therapy if the goal is to eradicate 
the abomination that is your host. Now, now that we know that this gene is associated very strongly with adultery, which is also an abomination. It's right there in the Ten Fucking Commandments. Nothing about the gays in the Ten Commandments, unless your ox is gay, and that's the reason the neighbor's coveting it. There's nothing about the gays. But thou shalt not commit adultery, and Jesus talks about adultery. Jesus, who didn't have one fucking thing to say about the gays, talks about adultery. Well, now that we know, it seems to me that if we're going to do a little gene therapy to bring humanity into line with the Bible... That we should start with straight guys and their risk-taking gene. That they should go first. Your calls after this. This episode is brought to you by AdamandEve.com where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products for every lifestyle. To receive 50% off most any item plus three adult DVDs plus an extra gift plus free shipping, visit AdamandEve.com and enter SAVAGE at checkout. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 75,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash savage. Hi, I'm calling about a family member. It's actually a cousin. Everybody in our family knows he's gay. He's 50-something... 54, I think, and he has not had a girlfriend since his freshman year of high school and has not been involved in a, with a girl since. He makes over 100 a year and has a male roommate. He's gay. We know it. We all actually are cool with it. At this last Thanksgiving, because he won't just admit he's gay, we're seeing it going like, oh, bring your friend. How do we say, without just saying, hey, we know you're gay, how do we say we'll accept it? We're cool. We don't mind. Whatever you want, but for goodness sakes, bring them to Thanksgiving. Uh, bring them to Christmas. You know, would like to meet the guy you've been with. So come on, put a beer in his hand, hand him a cookie and have him come to a family function so we can get to know this guy that's clearly important to you. You've been with him for years. Out yourself already. So how do you deal with a closet case that probably perceives his conservative Irish Catholic clan as scary to come out with, but we all know already, and... The conversation that happens behind his back is not, oh, no, is he gay? It's, for goodness sakes, when he got out himself and uh, bring his boyfriend to one of the holiday parties so we can meet the guy. If he's not out to you guys, the problem may not be all him. What have you guys said and done? You describe yourself as a large conservative Irish Catholic clan. Sounds like my family. But are you crazy Irish Catholic conservatives? Are you Pope Benedict cocksuckers? Are you voting for Republicans and sending money to the National Organization for Marriage? All of that could contribute to his desire not to let you guys play any sort of role in his life, not to let you in any more than he must because he doesn't like you and he doesn't trust you because you've given him no reasons to believe that you guys might be supportive. But if you guys are Pro-choice, liberal, Irish, Catholics in the pro-gay sort of tradition. You know, Catholics tend to poll better on 
gay rights and choice than other religious groups. If you're that kind of Catholic and you've given him really no cause, well, then obviously it's his own problem, his own hangups, his own internalized homophobia. Perhaps he doesn't want to be perceived to be gay by people in his family because he thinks so little of gay people and even of himself for being gay that it's, you know, he feels like he's taller and stronger and a better human being when some people look at him and think they're seeing a straight person and he feels better about himself for being a disgusting homosexual. Could be that. But, you know, we've reached a point where. Nobody believes somebody who makes 100K a year needs to have a roommate or is going to have a male roommate uh, where his closetedness does not pass the smell test. And you don't have to pretend to know what you obviously know. So if I were you, if I were a part of your extended Irish Catholic clan, and I very well could be, God knows we're all interrelated somehow, you just need to deputize a nephew, a cousin, an aunt, an uncle, a you – to send him a note, to send him a letter, to say, I'm down the street. Can you have a beer with me right now? And just fucking say it out loud. Look, you're gay, right? We all think you're gay and that this roommate of yours is your partner and we love you and we support you and we want you to bring him around. We, everyone wants you to come out already. You're 50 fucking four years old. What the fuck are you waiting for? And in that moment, you might hear, you know what? I wanted to come out years ago, but you're all such fucking Glenn Beck watching national organization for marriage supporting assholes that I didn't think you deserved to know who I was or deserved to be allowed into my life. And if he says that, then you apologize. You send a big fat fucking check to a marriage equality organization. And then you uh, invite his partner to Christmas dinner. Hi, Dan. I'm a 33-year-old gay male, and I've been in a relationship with my partner, who's 28, for about eight years now. We're having some trouble, and I uh, really need another point of view. There's a pretty big difference between us, actually. I have a high sex drive three to five times a week. He's got a fairly low one once every week or so. I'm fairly GGG. I'm somewhat kinky. He's pretty vanilla, and that's caused a lot of tension between us. I asked him to consider an open relationship, and, well, pretty much all hell broke loose. He told me he wouldn't have it. He didn't want a partner that slept with other guys. And if I was going to be with him, then I had to accept that he doesn't want sex that often and that any kink sign Joel will have to pretty much stay in my head. I know it's a classic press admission, but I do love him enough to grin and bear it. But then a friend of mine showed me the other day that uh, my boyfriend has a profile on Manhunt, and it pointed out to a whole lot of activity that really threw me through a loop. He's into getting off with guys just foreign and domestic over a webcam. He's got about eight profiles on other different sites that I've seen so far that indicates he's up for camper cam action and looking for a fuck buddy. I'm not happy with this because if I've got to suppress my kinks and have him be my only acceptable outlet for sex, then it's only fair that he does the same for me. So I confronted him about it, and he denied it, and proceeded to try and make me feel like a psychotic controlling bitch douchebag for not taking his word that he wasn't doing it, when I've seen a lot of proof to the contrary, including the fact that he logs on to most of them from every day from our house. So I'm kind of pissed about this, because it's important to me that he be honest with me about what he wants, and that we enjoy a degree of equality in the relationship. I mean, if he actually found a fuck buddy or is beating off all kinds of guys on the net like it says he is, I'd be fine with that if he was honest about it and if he was willing to let me do the things that I want to do. Otherwise, he, I really think he needs to get rid of those accounts or at least the blatant advertisements on them that he's looking. So having said all this, I need a sanity check. I want him to either own up to it, let me go out and have the fun I want, or to get rid of the profiles and live up to the ideal of monogamy that he's demanding out of me. 
So are limiting his choices to these two options reasonable, or am I just being a controlling little bitch? He wants monogamy. He just doesn't want to be monogamous. But he wants a partner who is monogamous, who's faithful to him while he does whatever the fuck he wants to. What are you waiting for? He's doing whatever the fuck he wants. You're not an idiot. doesn't matter that he's denied it. If you have the proof, call his bluff. Go do what you want. You're just 33 fucking years old. Which for gay guys is not too young to be single for a while. I would urge you to dump the lying sack of shit. Not because he's having sex with other guys, but because he's lying to you about it, making you feel bad, guilt tripping you, gaslighting you, really, and being a selfish, controlling asshole. And what more transparent a maneuver is there for the controlling asshole? than to accuse the person that he's controlling of being controlling. Dump the piece of shit, motherfucker, already. Move the fuck out. Find someone who shares your kinks, who also wants a little bit of openness in the relationship, but wants the openness, to be honest. In the short term, though, if you can't do that right away, if you can't see your way clear to just dumping the motherfucker, moving out, starting over, at least call his fucking bluff. You're sleeping with other people. Guess what? Now I'm going to sleep with other people to period the end. Looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com for a limited time only. You'll get 50% off just about any item. And that's not all. There's more. You'll also receive three free adult DVDs plus a free extra gift plus free shipping on your entire order. Check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. That's adamandeve.com and enter Savage at checkout. Hey, uh, Dan. I'm a 27-year-old gay male. I live in Victoria, British Columbia in Canada. And I have a question um, about a role that I feel inclined to play in a friend's life right now. Um, I have this friend, his name is, I'm not going to share his name, but uh, he, we grew up together, uh, childhood friends, and he, um, I always had a feeling that he might be of a fringe sexuality. Um, I say that because I'm not quite sure if he's gay or not, but um, I remember finding gay porn on his laptop when we were in our teens, and uh, he pursued... Um, he went over to Europe when he was 19 to uh, become a hockey, a hockey professional hockey coach, and then he got a really great job coaching young boys hockey. Um, when we were growing up, he always had young, um, younger male friends, and uh, his, he, I think he enjoyed being in a in a in a role uh, of uh, kind of mentor and to these young younger guys, and you know. He pursued this uh, for a life career, and um, recently I just found out that he got fired from his job for crossing the line. I don't know, or just getting too close to his to his um, to the to the guys who were in the hockey team. And this is we're talking like fifty, I think, like mid to upper high school age. So uh, I haven't really been his friend for years. I've been out of the closet for like a decade and um, we're the same age. He's 26. And um, I feel like there had to have been a breaking point. I felt like there had to have been a breaking point at some point and this is it. And I, and I kind of want to reach out to him um, and be a, I don't know. I, I have, I have a 
strong um, desire for the best in his life, and I and I don't want to leave him out to dry. And um, I don't know what I should do, though. I don't know how I should what I should say. Should I just be a friend? Should I be an open ear, or should I start to start to share stories with him about um, what it's like to be out of the closet and how you would you might be able to go about that? Or you know, should I just say or really condone? him to go to professional therapy and get professional help. I wonder what your um, advice would be on this. Keep in mind that I really care about him and I don't, you know, I don't want to just write him off. We have like a past together and I really want uh, the best for him. And it's not sexual, sexual in nature at all. It's just um, a loving friendship that I want to, uh, and I want to play a role in helping him deal with this because I think it's important. So you have no relationship with this guy and haven't had a relationship with him for years, right? I haven't, but I'm a strong believer that, you know, we share a, a, a common past and that and that um that gives me this feeling that um the relationship yeah. will last forever or at least fondness will. Okay, so but there's nothing at stake here. You're not risking anything if you just call him up and say, Found gay computer on your laptop I'm gay. Always thought you were gay. I've been out for a long time. Heard about what happened. Now's maybe a time for you to make an important life change. And if he freaks out and slams the phone down, you haven't lost anything. That's true, except he's a part of kind of like my family, you know, circle of friends, circle of family, you know. I don't know. Uh, he's part yeah, of your circle, and but you don't have a relationship with him. You've fallen out of touch. He's gone off on his own life path. You've gone off on your life path, right? Yeah, I guess and so. It's, I mean, I, can, and I'm, I see I, where you're going. And it sounds like he just needs someone to, to pull him up short. Like a lot of people who are miserable closet cases think they're fooling everybody. And that they mm-hmm. have too much to lose if they start telling the truth and coming out. And they've been maintaining this ruse for so long and pulling off this masquerade so successfully that they just don't, you know, ever want to come out because they'll lose face. And yeah. sometimes it just takes hearing, you never fooled anybody. Yeah. For the whole yeah. edifice to come crashing down, the whole for the game to stop. Yeah. And yeah. you could be the person who delivers that message. And that can be, you know, hard to hear. And that can be painful. And you might, you know, you want to be a little bit more gentle than I am ever capable of being. You know, he's already lost his job. And that sucks, yeah. particularly right now. Yeah. So you don't want to be too scalding. And I don't think you are capable of being scalding. You sound like a very compassionate person. Well, thanks, Dan. But you do just need to speak the truth and not hem and haw, not beat around the bush, and not just reach out and tell him you're there for him, but reach out now and tell him why you're reaching out and tell him what you've always thought and encourage him to not be a Catholic priest when he grows up. Because mm-hmm. if he's denying who he is sexually and surrounding himself with inappropriate targets for his sexual interests, you know? If you're a closet alcoholic, yeah. you don't get a job in a bar. Yeah. If you're going to be a closeted no. gay man when you grow up, you don't get a job coaching the boys' wrestling yeah. team. Yeah. Because you're going to act out inappropriately because the sexual tension is going to get to you. Right, and you're going okay. to do something that's going to destroy your life. You need to say that to him. Mm-hmm. And if what he's attracted to is, you know, guys who roughly look like they're 15 to 18, well, there are 28-year-olds who look like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and most adult straight men are kind of, you know, given their druthers, attracted to young women. But they don't act on it. 
because it's an inappropriate move and it'll get you in a whole shitload of trouble and I'm going to get a million angry phone calls for having said that out loud. Yeah. But there's yeah. a reason why we send 15-year-old models down the runways in Milan and Paris and not their moms. Mm-hmm. No, I, I see where you're going with that and there's definitely a double standard too. I mean, um, and so I, I reach out to him in terms of him being a victim of the double standard, it seems. But, um, yeah, but you, also need to re- you also need to let him know that he's just victimizing himself at a certain point. Yeah. And laying the groundwork for his own destruction. Yeah. If where he's yeah. going to go run and hide and be in the closet is a, a, a high school, a boys' high school, mm-hmm. yeah. coaching hockey, if he wants to run and hide and go be in the closet, there are women's hockey leagues. Yeah. Yeah. It's all very good. Good luck. He needs to hear from you. Okay, thanks, Dan. Sure thing. Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 75,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service. One audiobook to consider is The Atheist's Guide to Christmas, which is a lot funnier and more fun than the title might lead you to believe. I recommend it. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash savage. That's audiblepodcast.com slash savage. Hi, Dan. Um, I am a 27-year-old gay male, and um, I just had a quick question about um, gay sex. So I um, have primarily been a top. Um, I came out when I was like 21, so I've been having sex ever since, but I've not had a lot of like penetrative sex, so it's been like Mostly like, you know, hand jobs, blow jobs, kind of stuff jerking off. Um, same thing as hand jobs. Um, but anyway, um, I'm digging this guy now and um he wants to top me. Um, which is fine, you know, I'm I'm into it, like it's great. But I um we tried the other day and um there was a lot of not a lot, but there was fecal matter involved, which I know is like um well, as you say, the price of admission um, for gay sex, but I, I don't know. He doesn't have that issue, and I know all bodies are different, you know, but I, um, I want to, my question is, how can I avoid having a lot of it come out? Because this time, like, he pulled out, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just don't know. You know, I, I've, I've Googled it a little bit. I know that some people, like, anal douche and, um, I've tried that before, just, you know, to experience it, and I, it was, like, just, it's too much. Like, there's, you know, hours of, like, sitting on the toilet, I don't know what's going on, it's, it, it, it's just too much. So that's not something I'm interested in, I've tried, like, cleaning, you know, myself, you know, in the shower, fingers and stuff like that. Um, and, but still, you know, in my own experience uh, with a dildo, trying to figure it out, it's always been, there's always been fecal matter there, you know, I just don't want to, like... I don't know, it's just not sexy when you're like, oh, I'm coming, and then, like, you know, he pulls out and there's shit all over his dick. Um, so I, I wonder if you have any other suggestions in terms of um, that. Um, I guess well, I, I, people told me, watch what you eat and stuff, but I don't even know what that means. You know, do I, like, starve myself? I, I, I don't know. Fecal matter is not the price of admission for gay sex. Talking another dude into fucking you is the price of admission for gay sex. If there's fecal matter, 
you're doing it wrong or you're doing it sloppy or you're doing it when you shouldn't be doing it or you're doing anal when you should perhaps be doing something else. You should douche. If your experience is that when you get fucked in the ass, uh, there's always fecal matter uh, and when you've been in the shower and you've scrubbed your little butt with soap and water and you've dildoed yourself and there's fecal matter, well then your guts need to be flushed more aggressively than you're able to flush them yourself all by your lonesome. So I would go get, if I were you, an anal douche bulb and use it. And here's what you do. You squirt a bunch of water into your ass. You go to the toilet. You sit down. You push it all out. Is it brown? Do it again. Is it brown? Do it again. Is it brown? Do it again. Is it brown? Is it clear? You're good to go. You need to do it a little bit in advance of the fucking, you know, a good half hour, 45 minutes, because you can get a little pocket of water up in a fold of your gut that then can be dislodged during a fucking, and that's never pleasant. That said, there are a lot of people out there who eat well, have balanced diets, gets lots of fiber, and take regular shits. And so they don't need to douche because when their bowels are empty, they're empty because they don't have this sort of constant drip, as I've said. You know, a healthy ass is not a chocolate frozen yogurt dispenser in the back of a Tasty Freeze in Texas in August during a brownout. It's not constantly running. It's not full of frozen yogurt all the time. Healthy guts, once you've taken a dump, they're empty. There's no poop down there. There may be something way, way, way further up that still looks a little bit like food, but there's no poop down below, and you are good to go. But if your experience is that you're never good to go, then you need to douche, and you need to think about your diet. Hi, Dan. Uh, I'm 22. I'm queer, uh, queer lady. I've always known I was pretty kinky. I only recently kind of came out to myself as that. Um and I've started to really experiment with it. And I, <laughs> I've watched a lot of queer porn over the years, for the past, say, three years. Um, I mean, I've been pretty into that. And I've frequently entertained the idea of uh, entering into the queer porn world myself um, as an actor, I guess. I actually have a friend... Um, in my area who is starting a kind of, I guess, queer porn collective, and I'm really interested in it, uh, something I think that I would feel really fulfilled with, pun intended. <laughs> the problem with this is I'm not out to even all of my personal friends, much less God, my family, um, as a kinky person, much less... Just the idea of <laughs> of telling them or them maybe finding out if I were to to be um, on a queer porn site or something, it, it terrifies me. I, I think that my parents would probably never speak to me again, and I have a feeling that if I did this, they would totally find out. It would blow up at some point. Um, so I guess I'm just wondering, what do I do? It's like, should I take this opportunity is it just a terrible idea? Should I should I tell my parents? That's a little awkward. I don't know. Um, I suppose I could always take the chance that you know they might never find out. But I don't. I don't really know. I just. I'd love to hear your opinion. Um, I love your show. Why on earth are you even? 
contemplating this for a split fucking second. You sound like you're going to wet your pants. You're so nervous about the idea of your family finding out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they they will find out. I guarantee fucking it. Oh, that, that chills me to think about, though. Well, then you shouldn't do it. Okay, so what if I told you, okay, I don't guarantee they'll find out, but there's a 80% chance. 50% yeah. chance, a 20%, a 5% chance, a 0.05% chance. You know, the thing about internet porn is it's instantly rip-offable and yeah. infinitely replicable. Is that the word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reproducible? Guess, yeah. Like, everybody I know that did porn in the 70s and 80s who did, like, one magazine. I know a guy who did some, you know, dirty pictures for a British jack mag in the 80s when he was living in London because he was living in London and it was a British jack mag and it would go away and in the <laughs> 90s somebody found that magazine and scanned all the images into a porn website and then he had to go and tell his family he did porn oh man I mean and I, for I you to do this was... now when everybody is trawling the internet <laughs> ripping off each other's porn and reposting it to websites in Russia where you'll never get them to take it down <laughs> Where everybody has that, that grab feature on their laptops where they can make a digital copy of whatever they're watching? Yeah, it's it's funny for me to even assume that there's a chance that, like, people would ever not find out, meaning people like my parents. How many siblings <laughs> do you have? I have two, actually. I have two sisters. And how many friends do they have? Um, God, between the two of them, like, maybe ten. Okay, and how many <laughs> how many straight people are in your family's orbit? Straight men. Oh, my God. Oh God! I didn't even think about that. Do you know how many straight men infinite, like to watch infinite kinky? Amounts, infinite, of infinite months. And you know how many straight men like to watch kinky lesbian porn? All of them. So someone in your family's orbit is going to find these pictures of you, and they will get back to your family. Or you know, five years from now, you're dating some girl and you piss her off. And you left this loaded weapon lying around because you made porn and, oh my God, if your family ever found out, it would just be a disaster. And she emails a link to your family. Oh, God. <laughs> That's a terrifying situation to think about. It is, but you have yeah. to game out those worst case scenarios when you're going to do something. And I'm, I am pro-fucking-porn. If your family wouldn't care or you didn't care what they thought, I would tell you to go for it. Porn's awesome. I encourage people to make porn every year for our little porn festival here in Seattle. But if your family is going to care and you worry that they're going to care, then don't do it. Because you don't want to live with this sort of Damocles hanging over your head the rest of your life. Yeah, that's that's true. And I guess, like, I think it sounds so terrible, but the, I know the only people in my family that actually would care are just my, my parents. And, I, <laughs> and they'll be dead soon and then you can make some porn. <laughs> Yeah, basically, exactly. And I'm thinking, like, God, maybe when I'm, like, 30, uh, that's that's actually terrible. That's, like, eight years from now. Um, it's not too long to wait. <laughs> You're still marketable as a lesbian porn star at 30, and if your parents are dead, uh, <laughs> not that I wish that your parents would die in the interest of creating more lesbian porn for the interwebs, because there's plenty now, and we don't have to kill your parents. But you can revisit it. And who knows, maybe, you know, in the in the intervening eight years, one of your sisters will be wrapped up in a porn scandal, and it'll turn out your parents really don't care, and then you can make porn at 25. <laughs> maybe wouldn't be surprised. But, you know, then I, I ask myself, like, all these other, like, porn stars, do, 
do they just have really accepting families or do they not have parents? You never know. You know, I've met porn stars whose parents love their careers and think they're charming. And I've met parents, I've met porn stars whose parents are mortified. And I've met porn stars who are making porn to piss their parents off. They really run the (laughs) gamut, just like everybody else. You know, some people are doctors because it made their parents happy. And some people are doctors because it pissed their parents off. (laughs) I like like the latter. I kind of like the idea of pissing them off more than, yeah. (laughs) Don't do it. Good luck. I leave it to you. Uh, I, you know, but, but I, as a general rule, when you're thinking about doing porn and you don't know whether you should do it or not, you shouldn't do it. Porn you should do when you're sure you should do it. I think that's a very wise piece of advice. <laughs> yeah. Or at least I should like let myself mull over it for like a good year. Maybe two. Maybe eight. <laughs> maybe maybe eight. Maybe fifteen if it takes my parents that long. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. I'm terrible. Okay. <laughs> Thank <Bye>. you. <laughs> Hi, Dan. Um, <clears throat> I'm, uh, well, soon to be 21-year-old, um, queer-identified woman. I'm living in the South. Um, my birthday is tomorrow, actually. Um, I'm calling because I, I, I'm not quite sure what to do about this, this thing that's happening with my family. The other day, I was celebrating my birthday with my family because um, I was about to have to go back to college and they weren't going to be around. And my aunt was there and I hardly ever see her. And so she was giving me my gift and in with the bag that my gift was in was this um, like manila envelope that she told me not to like not to open until I got back. And I opened it later and it's, um, full of, like, XK stuff. And she wants me to read it and call her. And I, I get this feeling... I mean, the only way she could have known is if she had talked to my mom. So I guess my parents are in with this, too. I don't know if they want me to go to um, Exodus International. I... I I don't know how to respond to this. I, I I really just have no idea what to do. And I hardly ever talk to my aunt, and it was kind of awful to receive just this envelope full of, you know, you should turn back to God because otherwise you're going to hell for your birthday. And... I I just, I don't know what to do. Should I respond to her, or or should I just, like, ignore it? Or what if, I'm I'm kind of afraid they're going to ask me to go see a reparative counselor, and they can't make me because I'm not underage anymore, but I don't want to lose my family. I feel like that's a possibility. I don't know. Here's what you do. Your aunt asked you to read it and call her. So you call her and you say, I read it and I'm calling you a cunt. Or if that seems too immature for you, you take the manila envelope, you put all the Exodus International literature back in it, you take a shit in the envelope and you pop it in the mail to your aunt so that you can replicate for her the feeling that you had when you opened that envelope. Look, 
I understand. I hear your pain. I feel your pain. You don't want to lose your family. This is the moment, though, where you get to have your family on your own terms and you get to have a healthy, respectful relationship with your family or not. You're really at that crossroads. You have to say to your family, this is bullshit. Don't do this to me or I won't see you. I won't hang out with you. I won't talk to you if this is how you're going to treat me. This is disrespectful. It's emotionally violent and I won't tolerate it. The end. And I'm calling you a cut. So you should say to your aunt. You also might want to send to your aunt a book written by a recent guest on the podcast, Wayne Besson, Anything But Straight, Unmasking the Scandals and Lies Behind the Ex-Gay Myth, where they take apart Exodus International and this bullshit ex-gay movement crapola, Wayne does, in his book. It's an excellent book. I recommend it. And I recommend you send it to your bigot piece of shit aunt. And if you think your mother had a hand in this, you send it to her too. And you need to have the kind of relationship with your parents now as an adult where you can go to them and say, did you put your sister up to this? Because if you did, that is not okay. And I am power pissed. You got to remember that as an adult child, particularly an adult child leaving for college, you get to have a new relationship with your parents. You get to have a relationship with them on your own terms. And the power balance has really shifted. They know whether it can be acknowledged or not, whether they're ready to acknowledge it or not, that one day they're going to be dependent on you to change their diapers. Just as you were once dependent on them to change yours. And they're going to want you in their lives when they're older. And you need to make it clear to them now. That they will not have you in their lives when they're older if this is the way they're going to treat you. Hey, Dan, how are you? I'm a gay guy calling from Damascus, Syria. I'm a big fan of uh, your show, by the way, and I almost listen to it everywhere, uh, every week. So, um, anyway, I'm calling to call you about a problem, or maybe because I'm kind of lost. So, I've been seeing this guy for over a month now. He's 29, and I'm 22, by the way. Things are going kind of okay, but the problem is that I don't know where this is is going. I mean, of course it's not me, because I like him, but I just don't know what he wants. He says that he's kind of a serious guy, and that he's not just the type that likes one-night stands and stuff, but still, I don't know if he wants us to date or not. Another problem is that I've been, we've been seeing each other for over a month now, and we haven't even kissed. And that's because, you're going to laugh about this, because we both live with our families, and that's kind of like a big problem here in Syria, because almost everyone is with family. So that's another problem for me, because I'm considering, I mean, what if we start dating? We're going to fuck, you know? So what do you think? My question is... Should I tell him that I like him, and should I ask where this is going, or should I just keep waiting and just go with the flow and enjoy the moment? My friends are saying that I should, that I'm just overthinking it, and that I should just wait and enjoy the moment, and I don't know. So I just wanted to know your opinion. Thanks. I hope all those gays and lesbians in the South who feel, in the United States, who feel particularly persecuted are realizing even the Christo-fascist South, how relatively good we've got it here in the West compared to gays and lesbians in the Middle East, gays and lesbians in Africa, gays and lesbians in countries like Syria, where you can be sent to prison for three years 
you're found out to be gay, there's no gay and lesbian civil rights movement and there may never be a gay and lesbian civil rights movement. I want to give you some advice, uh, caller, but it's hard to give advice to you in the context in which you live. Perhaps, you know, you know if you were in America, if you were in America, I would say, yeah, just like call the question, spend a month, tell them you want to know where this is going to be seriously interested in you. And if so, how are you going to make something more than just going out on dates that don't involve any kissing or anything else happen? But in the context of living in Syria, living in Damascus, living with your parents, living in the culture that you live in and running the risks that you run being a gay or lesbian person in, a, in an environment like that is just too easy for me as Mr. Honky ex-Catholic homo in a place like Seattle to tell you to do that. I really have to tell you to think long and hard about your circumstances and about the risks you're running. Is he going to freak out? Is he going to accuse you of something? Is he going to go to the police? Is that even happening right now in Damascus? What's the environment like? How oppressive are things right now? Then you have to make that call yourself. If you feel like he's not somebody who could get you in trouble and you feel like you have some reasonable assurance that asking him where this is going isn't going to create any negative consequences beyond just hearing perhaps that it's not going anywhere and he's not interested in you that way, then you should ask. You should call the question. You should also, if at all possible, immigrate. Or find a nice lesbian Syrian lady perhaps to marry so that you will have a home of your own one day to entertain your gentleman callers. Then. Hi there, Dan. I'm calling about episode 215, um, and I just wanted to call and say, bah humbug. Oh my, what are you, Mr. Porn Scrooge? Really? First of all, I'm really glad that at the end of your podcast, you did explain that personally you were opposed to Santa porn. But in, you've kind of railed against Santa porn for a big, long time in the beginning of that there podcast. And perhaps, maybe, I was hoping you did not alienate any of your Santa fetishists out there. Personally, I'm not a Santa fetishist. However, I do like the season because I like what it stands for, not the mass consumerism part, but the, you know, share the love part. And if sharing the love means wrapping a wreath around your bunghole and putting it online, then, you know, share it that way, I suppose. But it's cold outside during the, the, the holidays. And I will give you that Thanksgiving is not very sexy, but I also think that all of our holidays are highly sexualized, and I think that the 4th of July, for instance, is a national orgasm. Halloween is like the Playboy Mansion just exploded nationwide with all the sexy costumes. So I feel like, hey, Santa porn, share the love. Anyway, have fun with it. Happy holidays. Hi, Dan. I'm just calling with a general comment about the... Um, what seems to be common usage of this uh, American slang word for genitals, junk, which I've heard a lot lately. I don't know how long this has been going on. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just find this to be a really sex-negative way of talking about our genitals. Yeah, junk is waste, is trash, is garbage, is crap, is stuff that we don't need. And genitals are beautiful and fun and give us orgasms and pleasure and help us connect to our lover and 
and you know I, the generals aren't junk and so this the use of this word junk to discur- to talk about our our generals is just kind of disturbing to me hey dan i just want to say thanks for um the comment on episode 214 about the girl who went home with the guy who she just wanted to blow. Um, I was in a similar situation a couple months ago. And the comment you said about women needing reassurance from other people to know they did the right thing, well, just kind of reassured me that I also did the right thing. And when I refused to do the guy who I said I wasn't going to, um, wasn't my fault. Anyway, I uh, just want to say thanks for that. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for your calls and your comments. We're going to leave it there. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. If you want to record a question or a comment for a future show, give us a buzz. Speaking of future shows, coming up, we have Amy Lang. She is an expert on sex education and how to talk to your kids about sex, and she's going to be joining us in an upcoming podcast. If you have a question about kids and how to talk to them about sex, give us a call. Record that question now. 206-201-2720. You download us every week at www.thestranger.com. I blog every day at slog.thestranger.com where you can read the Savage Love Letter of the Day or you can go to the Apple Store and purchase the Savage Love app for iPhone and get the Savage Love Letter of the Day delivered directly to your phone. And coming soon, the Savage Love app for Android. We promise. Please stop yelling at me. Android people, please stop yelling at me. You're as bad as Vegas. 206-201-2720. Me and the Tech Savvy at Risk Youth. We'll be back at you next week with another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for downloading.